Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. Little children have big emotions, happy, sad, angry. The way they express these emotions can be challenging for parents. But it's important for us to help our children understand what they're feeling and to be able to talk about it. This is called emotion coaching. And Anthony Saman, early learning educator at Saman and Slattery, is here to talk about it a bit more. Hi, Anthony. How are you? I'm really good. How does emotion coaching work? Well, I am so excited to talk about this topic, I have to tell you, because it is something that I think most people struggle with that is talking about emotions. And, you know, emotional coaching is a way of helping children learn to become adults who function really well in a world of chaos. But it also requires us, first and foremost, to think about our emotional intelligence as adults working alongside the emotions of young children. So I can share with you some things that we can do, if that's helpful, and also talk about how we can increase our emotional intelligence as adults so we don't get all wobbly when we see a child trying to learn to behave in ways that we think are acceptable. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let me just share a, a first tip. I think number one is to really connect with children. Be aware of your child's emotions. Now, you know, like adults, children have good days and bad days. Strangely enough, we don't let children have bad days. Mm. We accept it when adults wake up on the wrong side of the bed, but we expect children to wake up on the right side of the bed. So kind of connect with your child's emotions. That's that's the first thing. Be aware of what's going on. Now, that requires adults to be present and be connected to their child. Be open to what your child's going through. You know, I I mentioned a while ago that most children would trade their parent in for their favorite toy. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's reality. We, We can't expect a two-and-a-half-year-old or a three-year-old to act like a 24-year-old. They haven't been on this planet long enough. So understand what your child's going through. The other thing is when a child is going through a moment and we want to teach children some emotional coaching, be aware of the language you're using. We don't need to get all academic with a child. It's not helpful. You're talking to a three-year-old. Their language is developing They're learning how to use language appropriately, but we can expose them to new words, no doubt. But I would name the language. Uh, I'd use language that names the behavior for that child. So things like, looks like you're really upset. Is that how you're feeling? I mean, start using that language and allow the child to respond. If they say no, or they walk away, give them breathing space, and then resume that conversation. Always listen with empathy until that child because we want to coach them on emotions, tell them it's okay to feel that way. Do you know, something you mentioned about that, because I am thinking of a specific example for myself this morning, but with a six-year-old. My daughter didn't want to go in my son's seat because I had to drop Mm. her and her cousin off and her cousin wouldn't fit in that seat, but my daughter's a little skinny rake, so she could. And she got so distressed. And I'm sorry to say I really lost my patience Mm. with her. And I I couldn't... I was trying to get my head out of the, like, you have to get in this seat. It's a 10-minute ride. And if we're late, we're, we're going to be late. I'm going to be late to work. I've got all these things to do. And I was just kind of was like a brick wall. But when you just said then, say, um, 
you look upset, is that how you're feeling? Mm. Actually asking her that question as a six-year-old, she would have responded and actually talking to me would have stopped her crying and hitting me. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing, you know, I often hear about people saying, and those, you know, for example, who work in early childhood programs and other settings with young children, you know, children have to sit where we tell them. I have a seat at my dinner table that no one else is allowed to sit on. It's my seat. And when guests come over, say, where shall we sit? I say, anywhere, but not here. (laughs) And I know it sounds strange, but I don't want someone to ask me to sit somewhere else because that's the seat closest to the kitchen, which means I'm available to serve you. It's not being rude. I'm just, I'm claiming my seat to make your experience joyful. Now for children, they may not extend it in that way, but that's where they want to sit. Like I often think, why am I arguing over a seat? (laughs) If you want to sit there, honey, and you're going to be safe. That's fine. But only when they have a choice. Like I I would not give a child a false choice if there is no choice. And that's the only booster seat in the car. That's it. Mm. Unless they want to walk. That's that's (laughs) the seat we're sitting in. But I would explain that to the child and say, I know you're upset. But, mate, this is the only seat you can sit in to be safe. And how do you deal with that when um, you've acknowledged their feelings and you're saying, but this is the only option and they... They're, they're still upset. They're still crying. Is it okay then to let them Absolutely. express those emotions yep. and not try to... Because I couldn't placate her. No. She was just not going to be okay with it. I did in the end manage to stop her from being upset by distracting her with hmm. a conversation about how to train your dragons. Hmm. Is that the approach you take? Because I think as a parent, when you, you hear the advice about how to talk to a child and when it doesn't work, you think, oh, I must be doing this wrong because they're still upset. Hmm. Is there space for that in this approach? There is, but it's okay to be upset. Mm. Do you know what I would say to her? Looks like you're really upset. Hey, thanks for sitting in that seat. I'm going to give you some time on your own. I won't interrupt you. I'll be driving. When you're ready to chat, have a guess where I am. I'm in the front seat. Love to have a chat. Because sometimes children need that time to regather themselves. And, you know, we, we, we do intervene because we don't want them to feel that emotional pain. But emotional pain is part of life. You know, you, you, unfortunately, we block the emotional pain that people experience, but it doesn't help them work through it. When they exit that pain and she's gathered herself, it's not a moment where I would suck up to a child and say, I'm really sorry you felt... I'd just say, you know, I had to make a choice to keep you safe because I love you. I didn't want you to get upset. But you know what? Let's put that behind us. What shall we do after we get to where we're going? Shall we have a little treat, you and I, to get back on track? Yeah, that's you know, beautiful. Because we often want to stop children from being upset. We have enough men in on this planet who don't know how to deal with their emotions. So <laughs> like, let's just keep those emotions flowing. And, you and that's know, part of emotion coaching too, isn't absolutely. it? Because you don't, you're not stopping them feeling what they're feeling. You're just giving them a way of understanding them. And that's we want to increase their emotional literacy. And part of emotional coaching is allowing children to describe how they feel and then learning the strategies to work through it, not to avoid it. It's not avoiding being upset. It's not avoiding crying. It's not avoiding, you know, uh, being happy. Emotions go from A to Z, you know, like there's this huge range. And the only way to avoid the upset stuff is to take a tablet 
on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. And we don't want that. You know, to feel the highs, you've got to feel the lows. And as difficult as it is for parents to see their child upset, this is a great opportunity to talk about emotions to young children. And in that sense, should we be talking about the good emotions as well? Because totally. the, it's the bad, the bad, I shouldn't say bad, it's the challenging emotions that we struggle with when they're angry, when they're tantruming, when they're sad. Um, but do we need to balance that out by noticing when they're happy or excited or? Absolutely. Again, that's building that emotional literacy and that understanding of of. of of language and feelings. So, you know, if we go back to coaching, even that concept of what is a coach, a coach is someone who to some degree imparts their wisdom, their knowledge, but also builds the capacity of another person. Okay. So I want to impart on my child the wisdom I have on emotions, assuming we have our emotions all under control, which we usually don't. You know, it's easier to give the advice than to live it yourself. But we want to teach children how to work through that stuff. And that includes the joyful moments because we live in a world where we don't appreciate the good stuff. You know, unfortunately, we can be raising a generation of children with a sense of entitlement. And that's not what we want. And entitlement sometimes means not appreciating the good stuff. So walking out of the cinema with your child and saying, you look like you're really happy. Did you enjoy that? I did. Why? Did you love the story? And was it because we were hanging out? Like, we, we want to celebrate the great stuff and talk about that as much as we talk about the other stuff, which ain't so lovely. Why? Because it just brings focus to the range, the wide range of emotions that we experience in life. Yeah. So when it comes to emotion coaching, I think you touched on this just then when I was explaining the story about my daughter, but does it have to happen while the child still remembers how they felt. So, mm. you know, you mentioned, so they're in the middle of the tantrum. You say, I notice you're upset. That's part of the coaching. Um, sometimes you might be in a situation where you can't address it right there and then. Is there a time limit for when you can actually mm. stop and say, hey, this thing, remember when this happened mm. and talk to them about how they were feeling? Yep, absolutely. Children don't forget. I'm sure if you say to them, what did you get for Christmas? They can cast their mind back even a year ago. They remember their names. They remember you. Like you rock up to collect them from school. They're not going, now, which one's my parent? <laughs> yeah. So experiences are the same. You know, you can sit back because you're now ready to talk to them. You know, you can't be an emotional coach and not practice what you preach. So, you know, the classic of a parent unfortunately losing the plot in the supermarket to one child who hit another child and you're saying to your child don't treat your brother like that and you're like losing the plot it's like wow i think you better calm down now because <laughs> you're sending the wrong message so here's the short answer you can go back a day later two days later friday night when you give them a bath and saying you know i was just thinking about tuesday don't know if you remember it that clearly but i do we were in the car and you got a little bit upset. I'm just wondering how you're feeling right now. Now, don't give them a lecture. You don't want to go, next time it happens, I don't want you to do that because that's not an emotional coach. That's just someone who's been painful. <laughs> yes. Because it's not as simple as giving someone an instruction and saying, don't do that again. Because we're learning. It takes time to learn a skill. 
And these human beings have been around for three years, two years, four years. They're still figuring it out. So I would just say, you know, I walked away feeling quite upset to see you upset because I love you. And we're going to have moments like this. You're going to get upset again. But I love that you calmed yourself down and we're having a good time now. End of story. That's what I would do. So you can, now, if you want to investigate what happened, just be really upfront. I'm still interested to know why you got so upset. What made you sad or what made you angry? And they just probably just sit there quietly playing with the bubbles in the bath, but at least you've planted the seed there. Mm. Yeah. With, um, you mentioned a few times now about the adults in this equation. Mm. I often feel like I'm, I'm learning alongside my kids. Yeah. Um, what, how do, should we view our own learning process? Because so many of us didn't have this kind of education when we we're growing up, mm. dare I say it, particularly men, particularly mm. dads. So how can adults approach this if they're trying to coach their child and bring them up well, but they feel like, hold on a second, I'm not sure that I'm quite qualified yeah. <laughs> for this. Yeah. A couple of things that I would do is know what triggers your emotions as an adult around your child. Okay. And, and there are things that trigger our emotions. Like, for example, I don't like when my child falls apart in the shopping center in Coles on aisle three. It just triggers. There's something about, because it always happens at this station where the chocolates are. And the woman probably looks at me and goes, they're back again. <laughs> yes. And it triggers something in me called shame. Or I just feel like I'm a failure. So number one, identify what's going on for you. The other thing I would do is I would jump online as a parent and do one of those free emotional intelligence tests. Figure out how emotionally intelligent you are. You can't be a swimming coach if you can't swim. Like it's just pretty basic. So to be an emotional coach, to teach your child about their emotions, figure out your strengths and the areas that you need to improve on. So in tandem, you're learning as your child's learning. And that's one of the best gifts you can give your child is to say to them, and you know what? I also got upset when you were upset and mummy or daddy, I'm still trying to figure out how to stay calm. Like, you know, we're all what I would call under construction. We're all learning. You know, there's no manual. You know this to being a parent. So if we can commit ourselves to learning about our emotional intelligence and what triggers us, then we will learn to be calm in the face of a challenge. And which probably means the child's going to listen to us more than when we're also losing the plot because, you know, it's just how it works. I love that idea. We can learn about ourselves as we learn to help our kids. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on today. Great to be back. That's Anthony Saman. He's an early learning educator at Saman and Slattery. And for more information about Anthony, we'll put a link up to his website on ours. Just head to babyology.com.au forward slash feedplaylove. When it gets really hot... How do we keep our babies cool? If they're crying, you may notice that they don't have any tears. Their eyes can look quite sunken and the fontanelle, that little soft spot on the top of the head, that can become sunken as well. That's Sarah Hunstead, CEO of CPR Kids. She's got a stack of handy tips on how to care for our smallest humans when the temperature is hotter than hot. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.